I didn't want to be president. I didn't want to be anything. I knew what I wanted to be since I could walk. I wanted to wrestle. The Funks are legends. I've always looked up to Terry Funk. I love watching him work in the ring. I love the unpredictability. Get out of here, Get out of here! Unbelievable work ethic, and Terry Funk was a great, great performer. I learned a lot from Terry Funk. Terry Funk has just achieved the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I'm going to go ahead and prove to you people that I will be the finest champion that this world has ever seen. Terry Funk is one of the nicest guys, one of the kindest guys. I feel fortunate he had a way of bringing out the best of me. You are a windmilling, pile-driving, yeah. neck-breaking, back-breaking, bear-hugging, wrist-locking, knee-dropping, toe-holding, son-of-a-son-of-a-gun, meaner than a rattlesnake, tougher than shoe leather, more dangerous than a hollow-eyed scorpion. Middle-aged and crazy. Crazy like a fox in a hen house with a feather sticking out his ask me no questions and I'll tell you no lies. I didn't want to be president. I didn't want to be anything. I knew what I wanted to be since I could walk. I wanted to wrestle. And all we wanted to do was watch him wrestle. Today we celebrate the life and career of pro wrestling legend, from Double Cross Ranch, the one and only Terry Funk. Good morning and welcome back to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jay and today I'm joined by Tommy Funk U Fierro and a very special guest host, ECW alumni and current ISPW superstar, Danny Morrison. Gentlemen, good morning. Thank you guys for joining us. The passing of another pro wrestling legend, the one and only Terry Funk. Today we're going to share our memories of his life and moments in the ring. Gentlemen, I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Sad topic, but great company. Good morning. Good morning, Dub and Jay. Tommy, how are you doing? We're bringing on... Superstar Danny Morrison right now to guest host this. ECW alumni, a guy that shared time in ECW with the man of the hour, Terry Funk. Danny, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. As always, a pleasure to be here. Good morning, Danny. How are you today, sir? I'm a little somber, uh, overtired, but... um, you know, a lot on my mind, and, uh, it, you know, it's uh, it's good. It's good to have uh, people you can kind of bounce things off of and vent and, you know, flow through the process of, uh, of, of, of the news that we got yesterday. So it's, um, it's uh, definitely a somber day for sure. Absolutely, man. And I know that you were uh, very, 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 very high on Terry, and Terry was – a big part of ECW, a huge part of ECW while you were there. So I, I spoke to Jay last night on that. So I think it would be a great idea to get my main man, Danny Morrison, on and, and talk a little bit about uh, Terry Funk in ECW because at the time you were literally just breaking in uh, to the business. And here's Terry Funk, this living legend. And he, you know, he is such a huge part of the uh, foundation and success of ECW and uh, not sure ECW would have been where it was without Terry. What what was it like for you, Danny, being uh, brand new in the business and you have this wealth of information, a uh, walking encyclopedia that's done it over and over again in the locker room? Like today, man, like you know this firsthand from being in the locker rooms. Like how many guys today don't come up to guys like you or Bull or Crowbar or veterans that have been around for a really long time and say, hey, man, can you watch my match tonight? It would really mean a lot to me. And I, and I know you, Danny, you would literally be standing at the curtain all day long if every single person asked you that. So my, my first question to you is, uh, how, how was Terry uh, to be uh, to work with in ECW? Was he someone that you can go up to right away and say, hey, Terry, can you watch my match? I'm, I've heard stories of him giving countless advice to many, many people, but I just want to get a, 
first-hand perspective from you. Yeah, well, I mean, well, the first thing yesterday when I found out, um, I uh, I immediately reached out to Dreamer because that was uh, Dreamer. Dreamer and Terry's relationship was very much like mine and Dreamer's. And um, I knew that out of everybody that I've known, that I know in the business, that Tommy was going to be the most uh, affected by, by the passing. Um, so that was the first thing I did. Um, I mean, you know, when I when I started – um, I was a very nervous in a locker room because I like I like I always tell people and some people may or may not realize I started in ECW. I didn't have an independent uh, run or any kind of thing like that. My first very first wrestling match was in ECW against Taz. So and I was part of Team Taz and coming up and and a lot of these guys I didn't really uh, besides the ones I felt comfortable with I didn't really go up to as much because I was nervous. I'm around these guys that I grew up watching and. You know, Terry was, um, you know, first time I got to meet Terry was, you know, when we were doing the Team Taz circuit, and then we did Barely Legal, and, uh, and, and, and you know, he was he was in the heavyweight title picture, wins the championship on the first pay-per-view, and, um, and you know, we were setting up um, a few months after that, or, yeah, actually going into the second pay-per-view, we were setting up Born to be Wired, which is an infamous barbed wire match in ECW between Terry Funk and Sabu. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is the ring crew, my, me, myself, Spike Dudley, Mikey Whiprack, Chris Chetty, Roadkill, uh, we set that barbed wire up. We have no idea how to set up a barbed wire match. They said to make the ropes barbed wire. So we're sitting out there with Sandman, and Sandman's kind of directing us on how to set up a barbed wire uh, a ring, and Terry comes out, and he's giving his input, and you know, Sandman scratches his head. He goes, you know, yeah, you, 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 you probably should use razor wire. And we all kind of looked at each other like, this, this dude's joking, right? But I don't think that he was. But uh, neither here nor there, we didn't use the razor wire. But, you know, just that little interaction with Terry um, about a – I don't know what, what it was, how long it was into the future, but we had our first pay-per-view match. It was Roadkill and myself against uh, Meany and Nova. And Terry Funk's going to come out and just interrupt everything. And he walks over and he wants, not only does he remember who we are when we're on, from, from when we were on Ring Crew and we barely didn't even have, we didn't have any matches yet. He, he wanted to hear us call our match. He wanted to hear, um, he wanted to hear everything and kind of give his input, which was mind blowing. Like how much he just wanted, he was involved in the match. Of course he wanted his cues, but he just, it was just, I was kind of like, I already had enough on my plate thinking about my first pay-per-view. It was nerve-wracking enough to be on pay-per-view the first time. Now you're in a, you're in a match with two guys you feel comfortable with, Jetty Nova, but then you got Terry Funk involved, and it takes it to a whole other level. And I remember it was supposed to be a spot. Meany punches Terry because Terry's just acting crazy, and Terry falls through the announcer's table. Well, Terry falls to the announcer's table, but the announcer's table doesn't break. So he gets up, jumps on the apron, and jumps in the air and does a back bump through the announcer's table to break it. And we're all kind of in the ring going, my God, this dude is nuts. But, again, Terry is, you know, he's a wild card. That's who he is. And and he just loved being around the boys in ECW. He talked to all of us. They made us feel like just like a Tracy Smothers or Shane Douglas and, he just was this amazing man, like, and he just wanted to be around the business. He wanted to be around the boys. Uh, we had a uh, there was a uh, a time where Terry was he had no ride to the next town for some reason, so he wanted to jump a ride with the ring truck. And he goes, he goes, I'll ride in the back, Roadkill. I'll ride in the back. And Roadkill was the biggest guy in the ring truck. He's like, no effing way, am I gonna let Terry Funk ride in the trailer of this truck? So. We drive to the next town, and Terry's in the front, and Roadkill's in the back. You know, we get to the next town, Terry gets out, he bangs on the side of the trailer. He's, hey, Roadkill, what, are you choking your chicken in there? You know, like just, you know, making a joke. But that was Terry, just wanted to be around the boys. He didn't <laughs> care, you know, like even the, the first, when we did the ECW reunion shows, he chose Shane Douglas's ECW show over the first WWE reunion show because he felt that it better served him and in the weekend. And it was, so he, he chose what he thought was a better, 
option and better displayed what he was what what the weekend was about over a bigger paycheck. So he was an artist. He was he lived and breathed the business, and 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 the the quality of what he was trying to provide was outweighed what he was going to get compensated for. And you got to respect mm-hmm. that. I mean, immensely. When you talk about '80s podcasts, I just watched Roadhouse last night, mm. and that's hysterical. And blows me away to know that I've rubbed elbows with the guy that that fought Patrick Swayze. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's 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 just who he was. And then I got to work with him again later on. With Dreamer brought him in for for a couple matches in in his House of Hardcore promotion. So, and every time I saw Terry, man, he was just there you know we just we, we you know we didn't we chatted up and 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 caught up and stuff and man it's just one of those guys that was way way more giving than he was you know he gave way more than he wanted and he tried to help everybody and he was friends with everybody and just out of anybody i've ever met in the business i don't think i've met anybody and there's a lot of guys that love or are passionate about wrestling but i don't think i've ever met anybody who loved and embodied the pro wrestling pro wrestling business like Terry Funk embodied the pressing pro wrestling business. Well, Danny, I think as a well testament to, and I think as a testament to what you're saying is he had this amazing career before he kind of adopted the hardcore style. A lot of uh, newer fans might know him as the hardcore legend from ECW and then his run in the World Wrestling Federation in the late 90s. But he had a 20-plus year career before he joined ECW and kind of adopted that true hardcore style. And when he won the ECW Heavyweight Championship, he was into his 50s. Now, you're, you're approaching that age. I mean, he was older than you are now, Danny, when he won the ECW title. Can you just tell me, from a wrestler's perspective, the mindset you have to have in your 50s after having a legendary career already to adopt that kind of hardcore style. Does it come down to he just loves the business this much that he just wants to be a part of it and he's willing to adapt to changing times even as a man who's getting up there in age when most wrestlers are probably thinking about stepping away from wrestling. He's kind of reinventing himself. Just talk to me from a performer's perspective. What kind of mentality do you think he had in his 50s to make that drastic of a change? Well, that's a great question. Um, I believe, if a memory serves, he was 53 at Barely Legal, which would have put him at probably 54, uh, at least 54, 55 by the time he won the championship, I believe, right before that. Oh, he won the championship at Barely Legal. I'm sorry. Yeah, so he's 53, I believe, if memory serves. Uh, and then he wrestled that three-way in, in Fort Lauderdale, the next pay-per-view. Um, but he wasn't going through the motions either. He was moonsaulting off the top rope. He was, uh, you know, I mean, the Born to be Wired match was, was you know, like, who does that? Who does that, period, let alone mm-hmm. well into their 50s? Like, you know what I mean? You have to be, you know, you have to be a special kind of person to, to, to uh, you know, like after, especially you're a legendary character, you're, you're a movie star, you've had a great career, you've, you've uh, rocked Japan, you've done, you've done everything that there is to do, and here you are having one of the sickest matches I've ever seen uh, in a wrestling ring. And I, I, honestly, from a performer's standpoint, it's hard, because it's hard to imagine uh, as I approach 50 and I'm literally feel like I'm in better shape every year. Um, but I still can't imagine performing at the level that Terry Funk is performing in his mid, you know, mid fifties. It's, 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 it's a, uh, and it's a, uh, it's a thing about being in front of a crowd. Um, uh, there's a, there's a feeling, there's a, um, I don't know if they, if they ever bottled it and put it in uh sold it whether legally or illegally would be the most addictive feeling uh in the world because that adrenaline that pump that feeling you get that charge you get is great the greatest feeling that i know as a as a as a human being so i i can't imagine i i get a charge from a lot of other things but i can't imagine stepping away at the level he did i think that he needed that adrenaline i think he needed that rush i think he needed that feel of the crowd and and being Terry Funk and just 
reinventing himself. I think that he just craved that, and it was something that made him do things that were outside of a normal person's means, I believe. Like, I think, um, like, you've seen um, that documentary, Behind the Mat. Like, they were saying his mm-hmm. knees were gone. This is before Barely Legal. Like, they were like, he's like, how, how long can I wrestle till I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable? Guys, like, you should be uncomfortable now. But it's just, you know, just that old, tough, old school style. Like, I'm going to go, like, people always say, I'm going to go to the wheels fall off. Terry literally did. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't think it's a stretch to say that if Terry were to choose his own death or death style or last moment on earth, I would venture to say that I was, if he could book his own his own exit would be in a wrestling ring. I I'm, I'm fully believe that. There's a handful of guys I fully believe that would have booked that angle, like Chris Candido. I bet you Tommy Dreamer, like, you know, these guys, that's that's just who they are. They live, they breathe this business. They, they're, they're far more, they're more, pa- they're more passionate about it than anybody I know. And Terry, obviously, like I said earlier, probably the most, if not all time, the most passionate um, and, and the biggest love affair with the business that ever existed. That's very, very well, well said. said very well said. Hey, Jay, the real call- quick, I know, I know we got, a, yeah. I know we got a bunch of calls lined up that want to get on and talk about uh, Terry. Danny, are you okay to hang out for a couple minutes and get take a couple calls with us? Sure. Awesome. And and then later, Jay, I have a uh, my own Terry Funk story. Uh, when I was 17 years old, I actually promoted a Texas death match with Terry Funk and Abdul the Butcher. Uh, the story goes, I, I wound up losing Abdul the Butcher's headdress, and uh, the night, next time that Des Kaluza show, both of them come to attack me. I'm going to tell the story later in the episode. I know Danny will pop for it, but uh, let's jump to the calls, uh, jump to Jay, while we have Danny on so they can interact with Danny as well. Fantastic. Yeah, the calls are lighting up. Everybody wants to share their favorite memories and moments from the life and career of Terry Funk. And up first, all the way from the West Coast, good friend of the show, Babyface Brian. Brian, good morning. Welcome to the conversation. You're on with Danny Morrison. Danny, thanks so much for sharing those stories. Um, Wonderful job. And uh, I want to give my condolences to you and all the other uh, friends, family, and fans of Terry Funk. Oh, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate that. It's um, like I said, it's a, it's a it's a bad day for a lot of people, but uh, you know, um, it's I, you know, I, I I venture to say that I've had, I've known so many people personally that have passed away through the wrestling business that I've met through the years, uh, way more than I know in any other facet of life, and um, and selfishly, not a lot of them really even shock me. Um, but some of them really, really bother me. And this is one of the ones that are really, that really kind of hits because of what a human being he was and how, how beloved Terry was in the wrestling world and probably actually the actual world. I mean, he was just that great of a man. So this is one of those that, 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 that's, uh, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow for sure. Definitely. And, uh, also condolences to, uh, Tommy. I know that you've worked with him and, uh, we're, uh, I'm sure you consider him a friend, and, and Jay, like me, you're a fan of Terry and all his work. Um, I won't stay long. I'll just say uh, what a legend, and uh, I wish I'd gotten to uh, actually watch everything while it was happening live. I, I started watching WWF right after uh, WrestleMania two happened, and Terry had, had pretty much left right when I started watching, so I watched everything a little after the fact and watched, uh, read about his, his stuff in NWA from afar since we didn't get NWA in Northern California where I was. But uh, I can appreciate that he's one of the greatest to ever do it, if not the greatest. And uh, the wrestling world has lost a true legend. So uh, thanks again for sharing your stories, Danny. And thanks for having this episode, Tommy and Jay. And I'll uh, sit back and listen to everybody else. Thanks again so much. Take care. Y'all. Thank you so much, man. That's awesome. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, we'll keep the conversations rolling here. Up next, from Butler, New Jersey, Danny. Danny, good morning. Welcome to the Terry Funk Conversation. You are live with Danny Morrison. 
Tommy, Jumping Jake, Danny, uh, pleasure to meet you. A very uh, a pleasure to talk to you guys. I know it's a, a somber day uh, for the the wrestling world, especially you, uh, Danny. Um, I just wanted to give you uh, I just want to give you accolades. I, I just want to let you know you got you did a tremendous job as a uh, ISPW champion the first years when uh, Tommy brought back the promotion. You did a, you know you did a hell of a job uh, being the face of that promotion. The you know the work you did, uh, especially with Bull James. You know I was there. Uh, on the heel turn when you uh you hit him with the chair after that uh the I think it was a ladder match where he became the first ISPW champion just want to let you know you did a tremendous job and uh you're a stand up guy um as far as you know Terry Funk you know I was kind of young to remember like obviously his earlier days you know being an NWA world champion and uh you know his run in the WWF uh, you know I was a little too young for that but I definitely remember him in the late 80s in the NWA after Flair won the NWA title back from Steamboat from their uh, classic trilogy of matches in 89. I remember when he challenged them and uh, power-drived them to the table, which led to their uh, famous uh, I Quit match. Uh, I definitely remember the Roll House movie. I was only eight years old, but, you know, how I was watching that movie, I don't understand, but it was you know, one of my all-time favorite movies of all time, definitely. And, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite, uh, his line is, you know, when he gets fired, what am I supposed to do when Patrick Swayze goes, there's always barber school. So, um, you know, definitely um, I, re- I remember, you know, his work at the end, you know, late in, in the 90s with, uh, you know, especially in the Hell in the Cell match between uh, Mankind and Undertaker when Undertaker chokeslammed him out of his shoes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, him just being around, you know, a, a true legend, hardcore legend, a guy with so much respect, uh, a guy – that, you know, definitely touched a lot of people in the business. Um, I know there's more to callers, but I just want to give my two cents, and, uh, you know, I hope you guys have a great weekend. And definitely, like, my condolences uh, to you, Danny, and uh, everybody in the family and everybody that he was able to have an impact on. That's awesome. So, wait, your name is Danny from Butler? Yes, sir. Uh, I was going to say, I I knew a guy, Danny Butler, (laughs) Who I wrestled with is Danny Jackson. It's just, just kind of funny how the whole wrestling world kind of into everything. Um, but that's a great that's a great story. And thank you for the compliment, by the way. Um, I unfortunately for me, I, I was going through some injuries in the last year. So anybody else really who's holding that ISBW championship is really just keeping it warm for me. Um, <laughs> if I if I may just let my ego speak itself right now. Um, but yeah. Um, like Terry and, and, and I, like I said, I just watched Roadhouse last night before I went to bed, um, and it's been uh, it's just weird. It's just surreal, and it makes you feel better. I'm gonna watch Born to Be Wired probably tonight before I go to bed, and and mm-hmm. some other stuff, maybe some Japan stuff, man. But uh, I really appreciate that compliment. I appreciate you coming out to the shows and seeing us live, and uh, thank you very much, Danny. That's awesome. Well, like I said, uh, you got to give credit where credit is due. Um, Tommy Jump and Jay, uh, I will let you guys uh, get in uh, more phone calls, and uh, you guys have a, a tremendous weekend. Thank hey, you Danny. too, Danny. Thank you so much. Hey, real, real quick, let me just make mention. It's a good segue to uh, promote the 25th anniversary show of ISPW. It's going to be the day before 90s Wrestling Con on Saturday. September 30th is 90s Wrestling Con, and then the 25th anniversary is on Friday evening, 29th, at the Totua PAL in Totowa, New Jersey, and Danny Morrison uh, has been signed to challenge whoever is the ISPW heavyweight champion on that show, Jumpin' Jay. So if it's Richard Holiday, we have a show tonight, by the way, in West Milford, New Jersey. Richard Holiday is defending the title against Crowbar. And Saturday night at the Wildwood Convention Center, we'll get more into this uh, card later, uh, it was defending the title against Brian Myers. So whoever is the champion coming out of this weekend will defend the title against Danny Morrison at the 25th anniversary show, Jumpin' Jay. So it's pretty big ISPW news. Huge ISPW news, and as Danny stated, those guys are just keeping the title warm for him. He's coming back for it. He's coming back for it, Tommy. I'm here for it, man. That's right. All right, we're going to keep the conversation rolling. We're going to check in with an ISPW super fan and a big fan of the Funkster. It is Toto with Tom. Tom, good morning. Welcome to the Terry Funk Conversation. You're live with the superstar, Danny Morrison. Good morning to everyone. Toto with Tom. What's going on, buddy? 
I empathize with the wrestling community today. So many of you were affected um, with this uh, untimely, well, I wouldn't say untimely. Terry has been in ill health for a, a long time now. But with the passing of Terry Funk, I, I do empathize with yourself, Danny. I also empathize with Tommy Dreamer and Mick Foley and all of ECW because what Terry Funk did for that promotion can never be overstated. He was there before it was Eastern uh, Extreme Championship Wrestling. He was there when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling, back when um, Todd Gordon first was running it. And um, his name, really, um, without him, that company, I don't think, would have ever reached the heights that it did. And I know that that whole community is hurting today. Um, He kind of reminds me of Dusty Rhodes because he was a mentor to all. And not many passings, I think, are going to hurt the wrestling community as much as this one because he was like a father and a mentor to many people. Um, Going beyond that, there is a, a movie that I'd like everyone to take a look at. It's called Beyond the Mat. There is a great segment with Terry Funk that if you don't know anything about him, you'll pretty much get an idea of who he is. I agree. Thanks for the time I, today, I guys. Just, I actually mentioned Beyond the Mat earlier when he was going to get a doctor, and he basically documented his whole uh, his whole run over there. You know, coming to Philly, getting you off the plane, bringing his family in. It was like a nice, very nice segment, and I think it also segues into his uh, one of his retirement matches, I believe, also in that one where uh, famously Dennis Stamp was jumping on the trampoline, holding his his uh, his weights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the uh, match where he had he handpicked Bret Hart to be his uh, opponent for what was yeah. yeah supposed to be his final match. Yes, sir. Hey, Tom, real quick while we have you on before we go to the next call, this uh, we just make mention that uh, the next time we're in your hometown of Totowa on September 29th, your man Danny Morrison here is going to be challenging for the ISPW Heavyweight Pen. Now, Tom, I know you know firsthand uh, Danny's first run as a champion, like uh, Danny from Butler just said. What's your take on Danny headlining the 25th anniversary show for the title? I think it's really special for ISW fans. Well, I mean, I was talking about this with superfan Mike Cleary the other day. Um, We were reminiscing about the first run that Danny had as the ISPW heavyweight champion. And I'll never forget, it was at 80s Wrestling Con, and Danny had just successfully defended his title. And he came over to both Mike and I, and he looked at us and he said, you guys just turned me face tonight. <laughs> and I laughed because, you know, I was, to my, I was saying to myself, damn, what did we just do? Because I had a feeling that, you know, the journey was ending and it was a great run. And if you'll notice something about Toto with Tom, since that, since that day, Toto with Tom never cheers for bad guys anymore. I only cheer for the good guys. I believe in promoting the characters the way they are intended to be promoted. And if there's a good thing going, I don't ever want to see it change as a result of maybe something that, you know, I had a hand in doing. Um, I know the promoters at the end of the day decide and the fans have a big hand in it, but that night changed who I was as a fan for ISPW. Wow, um, that's a that's a that's very humbling. <laughs> I mean, that's really humbling to hear, man. And and um, I thank you for that. That's that's the best compliment I've gotten in a long time. Um, I, I I gotta tell you, I I really found uh, a niche during that first year at ISPW. Like I really got to know a lot of the the, the guys who come to every show and the regulars and. And uh, and and being part of that and interacting, I've always been really um, into interacting with the crowds, which, which is kind of like my thing, I, good or bad, wherever that is. But I do enjoy it, and uh, you know, I, I remember just how cool and awesome doing Total a Day that first year was. Um, you know, it was it was it, it was one of those electrifying moments where you're just kind of like, wow, it's these these people all watching wrestling, and it's like. You have like I don't know a thousand people, or whatever, enjoying wrestling, and nobody's 
Um, nobody's nobody's a journalist. Nobody's making a report. Nobody's critiquing the matches with star ratings. It was just a, a, a sea of fans enjoying wrestling in that moment, which is uh, – is is pure and as awesome as as a moment that you can have. So, you know, thank you for being part of all that and that historic first first title run. Well, thank you for uh, being a part of my uh, rejuvenated wrestling career. Um, ISPW has has definitely done that for me, and I appreciate it. And um, as, a, as, a, as a, may rest in peace, Terry Funk. And um, I really have no much, nothing more to say. Thank you. Awesome, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Hey, uh, Jay, we'll do one more call with Danny, but then Danny got to jump out of here. We appreciate you spending some time with us this morning, Danny. Oh, absolutely. Uh, again, you can see Danny returning to the ring for the first time in uh, quite a while this Saturday. And, and let me tell you something, Jay, real quick before we take the next call, and I know it's about Terry Funk, but real quickly I want to talk about Wildwood. And this is kind of like how – me and Danny wind up vibing with each other because we've known each other for a really long time, but it was more of like a high vibe type of basis. You know, he, he did some of my shows, but we just never, not that we weren't friends or tight, just some guys you just high and by with. And then I found out about Danny's love for Wildwood and he found out about my love for Wildwood and we immediately bonded over that. Like I, I didn't think that anyone possibly loved this town more than I do, but it might be Danny. And he might be thinking vice versa. It's it's special, man. I, I grew up there uh, every year going there on vacation. Saw WWF there uh, as a kid. And like I said, the, I mentioned the story earlier. I had seen Hillbilly Jim against King Kong Bundy at the Wildwood Convention Center when I was a kid. And then 10 years later, uh, he's wrestling on my show at the same building. And uh, I did shows there were summers of 98, 99, the Old Kemet Center got knocked down for a, a, a one that's probably quadruple the size of the old one, and then WWE took it over, and they've run there for the better part of the last two decades. Now, since the pandemic, Jay, they haven't been back there, and I have literally been trying every year, probably for the last 20 years, uh, to get ISPW back in there. And uh, if, if this ain't destiny, I know it is, because this marks the 25th year uh, of ISW, which all started in Wildwood, and here we are 25 years later, and I'm going to be doing the show at the convention Center this Saturday. And, and Danny's got just as big of a, a background in Wildwood with wrestling and his own personal life and journey as well. So for the both of us, it, it's not just a super, super special and important to me. It's equally for him. So I'm really excited to share this moment with him this weekend. Yeah, uh, to to piggyback off that, man, like my mother, we didn't have, I didn't come from, we had no money growing up. My first vacation, my mother was able to afford, she saved forever, was to take me to Wildwood. So it automatically has a special place. And then, you know, just growing up through the years and then um, every every time I'd get home from ECW I, in the summertime, I'd spent the rest of the week in Wildwood. It's just where I went. It was my spot. It was my uh, safe place, my home. That's where I felt most comfortable. Uh, my first ECW tag match with my partner Roadkill in Wildwood. My first indie match after ECW, Wildwood. Um, and then, you know, talking to Tommy about potentially running in Wildwood, it's like two kids talking about uh, becoming astronauts. You know what I mean? It was, and then all of a sudden now they're in the shuttle getting ready to go to the moon. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's so amazing. It's, it's so cool. And I'm, I'm, like, I can't believe we're almost on the eve of it, which is, is even – it's it's surreal, man. It's awesome. Well, just, just as a bystander, I am beyond thrilled for both of you because I love full-circle moments in life when you can kind of connect the dots and, and one aspect of your life or one period of time in your life leads to the another, and you get that kind of – that moment where you're allowed to step back and reflect and really realize – the magnitude of what's happening. And so I am, I am just so happy for both of you. I know it's a huge show. It's huge for ISPW. It's huge for the both of you. And just uh, for fans of wrestling to, to be able to see that kind of show uh, in that kind of arena is just a very special thing. And so, like I said, I'm just beyond thrilled for the both of you. Thank you, brother. All right. We'll take that last yeah, call. Why more we still have Danny Fly. Sounds good. We'll take that last call while we still have the superstar. We're going to connect with the man who actually 
was the one to break the news to me about Terry Funk. I was at work yesterday and got a text from this man uh, live from the firehouse. It is our friend, firefighter Brian. Brian, good morning. Welcome to the Terry Funk Conversation. You're live with the superstar, Danny Morrison. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. How are you doing? How are you? Uh, you know, like you guys, it's, uh, it's uh, despite the circumstances, I'm okay. You know, I was a uh, – Terry's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. And um, the fact that I broke the news to you, Jay, what's that saying? That's a, that's a huge feat. You get your information pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But, um, yeah, Terry's one of my – all-time favorite wrestlers, and, um, you know, I all day yesterday and this morning, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you could do a three-hour show on Terry Funk, and you would still have so much untouched material. I mean, you could go hours talking about Terry. Um, things that crossed my mind, number one, I remember watching, you know, in the 80s during his cup of coffee, which was an eventful cup of coffee. He was in WrestleMania. He was at the Wrestling Classic. He uh, had a bunch of uh, very interesting uh, shows on uh, matches on Saturday night's main event and all that. Uh, the run-in with Dory Funk Jr., the cup of coffee Dory had. And when they introduced him, uh, trivia question, guys. Do you remember what his hometown was in the WWF in the mid-'80s? Where he hailed from? Was it Amarillo? That was in Amarillo, Texas. It was the from the Double Cross Ranch in Double Ontario, Canada. From the Double Cross Ranch in Ontario, Canada. Hmm. And my father just happened to be in the room and started laughing. And as a kid, I didn't understand it. And now as an adult, and now that you know, my father's no longer around, I get a better laugh out of it. But, you know, Danny, you brought up a, uh, an interesting point. You know, you brought up uh, Shane Douglas's show that he ran, you know, in conjunction with uh, One Night Stand in 05 at the arena. And in conjunction with that show, they had a DVD called Forever Hardcore, which was basically their version, an independent company and promotions version of the Rise and Fall VCW DVD. And they had comments from a lot of wrestlers, and it was a very interesting DVD, very interesting documentary. And how does it end? It ends with Terry Funk getting the contract that Danny was talking about from the WWF to appear on that show. And he said, it's for a very good amount of money. And I told my wife, honey, I can't. And he, I said, I'm going to go, like Danny said, I'm going to go where I belong, with where this all started with the company that with the people that kept my career going. And he said, this is why stuff like this is why I'm a, not a millionaire because I do what I want to do instead of doing what I should do. And the documentary ended and that was who he was. And you talk about, you know, reinventing yourself. I mean, how many times did, was Terry able, I mean, Terry is an icon He's one of the forefathers of hardcore wrestling. But he was, like you said, Jay, he was a legend long before that. Kept reinventing his career. And I'll just end with, you know, one uh, avenue that I don't think any of us touched on yet was that, you know, he was married to his wife for over 50 years. Now, Danny, you've been in – how long have you been in the business? About So about 30 years. You went in, got in around ECW, around Bailey Legal time, right? In 96. So it's coming up. 96. Yeah, so about a little over 25 years. You know, how many wrestlers have been able to hold on to, you know, their spouse for 50 years? And when you talk about how he's been all over the world, he was a hit in Japan, he was a hit here, he's a, he was a hit in the NWA, and um, he's a, uh, you know, like uh, Tom said, we, we knew he was his uh, health had been declining, but it's still... Uh, Said, you know, we—it's like you know—you look at this li this year. It's a laundry list of wrestlers who've left us, and a lot of guys that were. You talk about a game changer. You know, you guys know how big I am on being influential. I'll end with this. I'll ask you this, Danny, and then I'll get off and let you guys end the show. Um, go on with the show. Um, 
Heyman said this so many times, ECW never would have flourished, would have been to anything without Terry Funk. How was Terry Funk, what, how was Terry Funk so influential with the company? It looked like for recent fans, what Chris Jericho is to AEW, Terry Funk was to ECW. Exactly how was, he's a, ECW wouldn't exist without Terry Funk. How? All right, and with that, I'll let Danny answer the question. And gentlemen, thanks for the time. Good talking to you, and I'll hopefully talk to you next week. Well, that's Brian. a great question. I think it's really, although we had a lot of talented wrestlers, um, Terry Funk, the name power alone, gave legitimacy to the product. And the fact that he came in and worked as hard as he did uh, put legitimacy on the product. It put a lot of eyes on the product. I don't know. It's almost like you 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 put all your eggs in a basket, so you go to pay per view and you do barely legal. I don't know that it's not a success, and I'm not on this telephone call right now because Terry Funk walked in, stepped in, and did what he did for the company. Uh, he did with the fans, which is huge i mean if you can connect with people that's what this business is about that's what brings people in that's what that's what that's what turns the wheel and he connected with everybody because he was larger than life but yet he was down to earth he was the guy that you could probably bump into at at a gas station uh the kind of guy that you want to have a beer with at a bar he's like he's just the kind of guy that connected with everybody on every single level and not only the fans, but in the back, because he was so willing to give you his knowledge. He was so willing to uh, just be one of the boys. He was so willing to, like I said, take a ride in a ring truck to the next town because he felt it felt more, uh, you know, real to him. I mean, everything he connected with everybody on every kind of level. And I think when you find somebody that special, uh, everybody gravitates towards that kind of a person and a personality. And, I, and and if he doesn't do what he does for ECW, I don't think that I'm here right now. I have to find another path to make it in the business. And maybe I wrestle for a couple of years and become a bank teller or, or I went to barber college more accurately. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's just one of those things, man, like Terry Funk has inspired a lot of people and, and has probably given a lot of people careers because of the way he affected and touched and just being around the business and being as accessible as he was. And there's something that he probably doesn't even realize um, wherever he is right now that I hope that he understands that how much influence he had on so many people, um, you know, in the wrestling business and how many careers that he created, how many people that he inspired, um, to be wrestling and how many fans he inspired to be wrestling fans and to just enjoy the purity of the sport. Um, and, and, and it's, it's, it's an amazing, probably the greatest achievement that any of us could ask for, um, in this business other than being a star and monetarily is to inspire and to, uh, create that kind of electricity and stamp on the business long after your time has come and gone. And that's, something that I, I, I don't think I could say any better than the way I just said it. Very, very well said, man. And, and I appreciate you taking the time this morning to jump on here with us and remember someone I know was very, very important to you. And once again, anyone that lives in the New Jersey area can come see the superstar Danny Morrison in action this Saturday night at the Wildwood Convention Center in Wildwood, New Jersey. He's going to be going one-on-one with Crowbar in a Wildwood Extreme Rules match. Tickets are available now on Ticketmaster. Real quick, Danny, you said possibly if you weren't a wrestler, you'd have went to uh, Barber College. I think that is an awesome idea because Jeff and Jay, I don't know if you know this, but you're not, you don't live in Jersey, you don't see him as often as I do. My man always has the freshest cut in Jersey. This guy's always got a haircut. So if he was a barber, he'd probably save about twenty grand a year. Well, as again, another low unknown fact is right after I leave here, I'm going over to my barber, who Vladdy, uh, who is the same exact barber that uh, Andrew Poolhalls has of the of baseball fame. So uh, yeah, we share the same barber, and I'm going to be getting it done nice and tight for tonight for the weekend, and uh, 
I hopefully I'll see you guys all in Wildwood. Awesome, Danny. Thank you so much, man. I can't wait for you to be back in ISW this Saturday night. See you in a couple. I'll see you tomorrow night, baby. Yes, oh, by the way, tomorrow tomorrow night, anyone that's coming down to Wildwood, tomorrow night we're actually going to be doing a promotion on the boardwalk, Jumpin' Jay, at 8 p.m. in front of one of Danny's favorite spots, uh, so be it the Chillin' Pineapple. We're going to be promoting the show and meeting and greeting the fans out there tomorrow night. So anyone coming down for the weekend, come check out Danny. Danny, best of luck, man, and we will see you tomorrow in Wildwood. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, man. All right. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, what a great uh, contribution to today's show, man. It was a great idea to have Danny Morrison join us, somebody who shared a locker room with the legend Terry Funk to hear his perspective and his stories. I think it was a, a, just a fantastic idea on your end, Tommy, so I appreciate you bringing him on, and it just made this show so much more special to hear that firsthand experience from him. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, uh, again, I, I'm looking forward to his return this Saturday night in uh, Wildman, New Jersey. Tonight, though, we have ISPW Wrestling Action in West Milford, New Jersey at St. Joseph Church Parish Hall. We've done several shows there in the past. Tonight's Supper Slam. So if you want to have a little dinner and uh, leave right from work and come to the show, you don't have to cook. Like I said last week, the Stromboli sisters will be working hard in the kitchen, uh, pasta, we're going to have some meatballs. Now, the meatballs, there's a big story behind these meatballs. Now, Stromboli's sister, Vanessa, she was up all night long, literally, all night long frying the meatballs one by one. We're not talking about no bagged meatballs here. We're talking about fresh Stromboli's sister, Vanessa's meatballs, and uh, they're going to be uh, on display for uh, a bite tonight at ISW, the main event will be the ISW heavyweight champion Richard Holiday with Dave LaGreca in his corner going one-on-one against Crowbar. You're going to see Bull James collide with TJ Epics. The new ISPW tri-state champion, the shining star Ray Kalitri, goes one-on-one against the former champion GKM. For the ISPW women's title, Vicious Vicky goes one-on-one with the gift of Gab former ISW Women's Champion Gabby Ortiz making her return. The Now will put the ISPW Tag Team titles on the line against Anthony and Mr. Joe Clean. LSG takes on the debuting Channing Thomas, and Justin Carino collides with Joey Ace. Dinner tonight starts at 7. Show begins at 8. Tickets are available now at ISPWWrestling.com. I know we have another call. After that, I will tell my own Terry Funk story, which I'm sure you're going to get a kick out of. I've been looking forward to it all show. But, yeah, the calls are still lighting up to talk about Terry Funk. Up next, from your neck of the woods, from New Jersey, it's Mike C. Mike, good morning, and welcome to the Terry Funk Conversation. Oh, it's good to be back, Jumpin' Jay. Good morning, Mr. Fierro, and greetings from the beautiful island of Oahu. It is 4.30 in the morning here, but I could not miss the chance to uh, talk to Jumpin' Jay and, uh, you know, the promoter of the year, as far as I'm concerned, Tommy Fierro. And, uh, you know, it was a tough day yesterday to be sitting on the beach and to find out about, you know, Terry Funk passing away. And uh, especially as I was sitting on the beach in Oahu reading a Eric Bischoff book purchased at the Wrestling Collector. Uh, So it really gave me a nice time to reflect on how many great Terry matches or Terry Funk matches I watched over the years and even had to tell my wife the tale of waking up at 2.45 in the morning uh, as a teenager and turning on the TV and seeing Sabu and Terry Funk so in uh, so uh, wrapped up in the barbed wire mm-hmm. in the infamous born to be wired match that they had to actually stop the match. So that was actually my first experience with ECW television. <laughs> yeah, for those of us that have never seen ECW until I think I was I think that was the first match I saw of ECW too. And what an introduction to Extreme Championship Wrestling yep. that was. I remember exactly where I was when I saw the barbed wire match. And I could not believe it because I had never seen anything like that. And so I'm right with you, Mike. What an introduction to the world of hardcore wrestling. 
Yes, and you know, as uh, as my crew, the Front Row Mafia, uh, has an ongoing wrestling text chain. Uh, we really had some nice memories. Uh, Toto Atom brought up uh, Ric Flair versus Terry Funk from '89, and when I got the Ric Flair DVD, that was the first time I had a chance to sit down and watch the build for that match and that match. And you know, Terry Funk was literally so ahead of his time. I, you know, I don't know that we would have the level of sports entertainment that we currently have without Terry Funk's contributions uh, to ECW in the in the uh, you know early to mid '90s. And to think that was 25 years after his run as NWA champ. I mean, uh, we really did lose a legend yesterday, and I think that uh, us as wrestling fans, we all need to appreciate and go back and look at the history of a guy like Terry Funk or uh, a guy like Dusty Rhodes. Uh, you know, you know. I think that to understand where we're going forward in this business, you have to understand where we came from in this business, and Terry Funk is a cornerstone of this business. So Godspeed to the Funker. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the Double Cross Ranch is, you know, a little less hardcore today, but uh, I think that the fans will always, always remember and revere Terry Funk. So Godspeed, Funker. Very, very well said, Mike. And, and real quickly, I want to let Mike, uh, let everyone know, not only is Mike calling from Hawaii at 4.30 in the morning, uh, he's also on his honeymoon. So that's oh, a congratulations. listener. That's oh, he, well, he, got, he was married. He was married a little while ago, but they're they're going on their honeymoon now. But what dedication of a listener to call from Hawaii on his honeymoon? <laughs> He's the caller of the month. That's it. I'll, I'll tell you what, Fierro. I, I I think that this is a uh, big night, a big that's moment Mr. for some that's Mr. News. to you. Mr. Fierro. Uh, it's actually uh, big breaking news here on the uh, podcast because it's actually not a honeymoon anymore for us. It is a baby moon. Whoa. Whoa. So, yes, we have, awesome, we have, man. We have upgraded to from uh, honeymoon to baby moon. So in about seven months, we will have another ISPW wrestling fan in the family. Look at that. That's Love awesome, it. man. Congratulations. Just, do just do me a favor. If it's a boy... Don't name it Bull. <laughs> Excuse me. We all know that Bull James is the real uncrowned ISPW champion, and we all know that Richard Holiday is running from Bull James and Maven. Well, there you have it. Well, tonight Richard Holiday is taking on Crowbar, and uh, Mike will miss seeing you there tonight at the show. We'll definitely miss uh, – your interaction with the uh, ISPW universe. But listen, man, we want to say congratulations to you. Uh, one of the best fans I've ever met in my life, personal friend of mine. Thank you so much, man. Congratulations, and enjoy the rest of your honeymoon, my friend. Uh, appreciate you, and I can't wait to have uh, my friends uh, streaming uh, board or brawl from the boardwalk for me so I don't miss any action while I'm in Hawaii. And we are just we are weeks away from ISPW 25, and boy, is that going to be a big show. Big month coming up for ISPW. Congratulations to you, Mr. Fierro. Wishing you all the best as ISPW returns to Wildwood and West Milford in one weekend. Unbelievable. Thank you, brother. Enjoy your vacation, man. Appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend. Hey, you too. Thank you so much, Mike. Congratulations Take again. Take care, guys. Thank you, Jay. We'll see you soon out in Jersey, huh? Sounds good, my man. I, I will make plans to be out there. All right. We look forward to it, sir. Have a great day, guys. Right. You too. Tommy, just, just yes, for sir. the record, man, Babyface Brian announced his marriage on our show, and now Mike C. announces that his wife is expecting <laughs> On this show, this show has become much more than wrestling, man. This is where life happens right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. You know what we need, right? So we had someone uh, announce that they were getting married or they got married and they, we had someone announce having a child I, 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 or having a child. I think it's very fitting, Jeff and Jay. Maybe on one of these future episodes, we can get one of the Stromboli sisters or both of the Stromboli sisters on the podcast and share one of their recipes with the listeners here of 
uh, AJ's Wrestling, the podcast. Listen, that would be amazing because you know their cooking is good. You didn't say they were having meatballs tonight. You said their meatballs will be on display tonight. And so if, if you're having meatballs on display, you know they're top-notch. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. As always, I'll take a picture tonight uh, for you of a, of a plate of pasta and meatballs and shoot it over to you and let you know what you're missing. Now, uh, quickly before we end today's episode, uh, of 80s wrestling podcast. I want to share my own personal uh, interaction with the hardcore legend Terry Funk. Now, this is back in 1995. I am 17 years old, and I am doing a wrestling show at the Hilden PAL in Hilden, New Jersey. Now, Dennis Corluzzo was hooked up with me at that point, so uh, Dennis had a show the following night in I believe it was Tower City, Pennsylvania. And he had Terry Funk against Abdul the Butcher in a steel cage match uh, out in Pennsylvania. Now, he had those guys in the day before. I'm sure he got a better price having them the day before doing a double shot. So I used them on my Friday show the day before. Now, I am 17 years old. I am brand spanking new as far as being a promoter goes. And I'm sure as hell not going to tell Terry Funk and Abdul the Butcher what the finish of their match is going to be. So uh, Dennis Corluzzo uh, comes up with the finish. And, uh, and of course, it, it's a double disqualification in a Texas death match, which left the wrestling fans scratching their heads saying, how can there be a double DQ in a Texas death match? And guess who took the heat for it? It wasn't Dennis. So, uh, anyhow, during that match, uh, I guess Abdul the Butcher, whoever was bringing the wrestler's gimmicks back to the locker room, uh, didn't bring Abdul the Butcher's headdress. So now a fucking Abdul the Butcher is going crazy backstage saying, uh, I want my headdress. It costs $500, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I says, you know, I'll make sure you have it by tomorrow. After everyone leaves, I'll start trying low for whatever. So never found the headdress. So now the next day we're in Pennsylvania. Now remember, I'm 17 years old and brand, brand new as far as promoting wrestling events goes. And there is a still a cage match with Terry Funk and Abdullah. So now I guess Abdullah came back to the locker room first after his match with Terry. And Abdullah is a bloody mess. This is a true story, by the way. Uh, and I don't think I've ever told this story before. Uh, so Abdul the Butcher is a bloody mess, and he spots me in the locker room, and he has this freaking fork in his hand, and he starts chasing me around the locker room. Oh, my word. A big bloody mess with a fork in his hand. Now, I'm fucking scared shitless. <laughs> I run up. I, like, it gets better. I run up the stairs out of the locker room to go back up to the arena. And as I'm running up the stairs, Terry Funk, a bloody Terry Funk, is walking down the stairs. <laughs> and I don't know if there were still fans. There, there was much something fans near the doorway, but Terry is you know, bloody and he's acting crazy and he just starts swinging at me. Luckily, I didn't get hurt. But imagine this 17-year-old kid running away from big freaking Abdul the Butcher, a bloody mess, chasing with a fork, going up the stairs, and a bloody Terry Funk coming down the stairs and starts swinging at me. So, needless to say, I, I hid out in the I hid out in the parking lot for the rest of the night. Once I made it to the top of the stairs. <laughs> That would have been something to see. I would, have, I would have paid to see that happen. I can't imagine what was going through your head. I wouldn't want to run into either of those two men in a well-lit hallway, much less, you know, bloodied with forks, uh, trapping me on a staircase. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, again, uh, our condolences to all of uh, Terry Fung's friends and family and fans. Uh, we worked just recently with, with his brother, Dory. Uh, we sent mm-hmm. our condolences to him, Marty, and the family. Uh, one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, and Brian was right, Firefighter Brian. What a horrible year 
or deaths in this wrestling industry. It feels like almost every other week we're we're mentioning someone here on the, on the podcast. And uh, yeah, it's been a, a, a lot of blows to our industry this year. And uh, Terry, without question, one of the, 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 the bigger stars to ever come out of the wrestling business. So our, our thoughts and prayers go out to Terry and his family, friends, and, uh, and, and fans. Uh, we send our, our condolences with everyone. Again, uh, really busy day here in New Jersey. I'm about to head out now to West Milford for a live ISPW wrestling tonight. Again, it's at St. Joe's Church in West Milford on Germantown Road, 7.30 p.m. start. Anyone who lives in the area, tickets are available on ISPWWrestling.com, or uh, you can get them at the door. And uh, this Saturday is the big one, Brawl on the Boardwalk at the Wildwood Convention Center in Wildwood, New Jersey, 7.30 p.m. start. And uh, tickets, again, are available on Ticketmaster. Jay, I will definitely keep you updated uh, throughout the weekend about tonight's show and Saturday's show. We thank you for your support, as always. And uh, we'll catch you back here next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.